Chapter 34, Chaos. Luke twenty-two forty-eight. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? On the night our Lord was arrested, it was as if the creation itself was unraveling and reverting back to the chaos of the pre-created nothingness. Things weren't working right. Nothing was going as it ought to have gone. The original creation story ended with a man in a garden of peace and paradise, walking with God in the cool of the evening. But the story of our Lord's last night was much different. When you keep plowing through Luke chapter 22, you find the Son of Man in a garden, but he wasn't having peaceful, relaxing fellowship with the Father. No, he was in bitter anguish. Jesus knew what was coming for him, and he was upset about it. He left his disciples at one place in the garden and went off by himself to plead with the Father. And what followed was one of the most difficult things to try and understand in the whole Bible. That is, Jesus asked for a way out. Now, if you're anything like me, you're probably confused. You might be thinking, wait a minute. Jesus asked God for a way out of the cross? I thought he came for this very purpose. I thought he set his face like a flint for Jerusalem. Didn't he say to tell Herod three more days till I complete my goal? What's going on here? Well, honestly, I can't explain it. And if I were to try and give a theological reason for why Jesus's prayer made sense, it would just be a cop-out that would strip away all the meaning. Some things are too deep to understand. The only thing we really know for sure is that both are somehow true. Jesus came to die for us on purpose, and Jesus asked the Father for another way. In fact, Matthew says he prayed this little prayer three different times with increasing intensity throughout that sleepless night. At one point, our Lord's distress was so great that he experienced something called hematidrosis, which is where the capillaries under his skin thinned and burst so that blood came out of his pores with his sweat. He was extremely upset. He had told the disciples that his soul was, quote, overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Matthew and Mark said that he was falling to the ground on his face again and again while praying, rolling around in anguish and shouting. He asked the father if there was another way. He asked if this cup and this hour could pass from him. The father said, no. Prayer wasn't supposed to go this way between father and son. Luke tells us that an angel came into the garden. And when I read that, I thought, finally, something that makes sense. I mean, angels were the fierce and frightening warriors of heaven's armies. There's a place in the Old Testament where one angel destroys a force of 185,000 human soldiers by himself in one night. 
mean, how many times throughout Jesus's life had angels been standing at the ready to charge in and defend their master with swift and terrible justice? But once again, things aren't what they ought to have been. You see, Luke says that amazingly, this angel didn't come to fight. He didn't come to vaporize Jesus's enemies or rally the heavenly troops for a showdown. This angel just came to strengthen Jesus and give him a moment's comfort. The thing is, when the angel left, Luke says Jesus went right back into deeper sorrow and an even more earnest version of that strange prayer. It was at that point that Jesus woke his sleepy followers because a troop of soldiers marched into the garden with torches and clubs. And then came one of the most awful moments in all of scripture. Like a car wreck you want to look away from but can't. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. You see, the religious leadership couldn't arrest our Lord in broad daylight because of the adoration of the people. They had to do it at night and they had to do it in secret. Judas knew where to find Jesus and Judas would be able to point him out in the dark. The kiss was like a password or tip-off for the leadership and the soldiers. A kiss. It should be a sign of fellowship, of friendship, and of love. You have to get so close to kiss someone. This is not what kisses are supposed to be about. Soldiers then arrested Jesus. And he had never done anything wrong at any moment in his entire life. And if they could have somehow looked down inside his heart, they would have found that he had never even thought something unkind or unfair about another person, not even once. Every beat of his matchless heart was love. Every thought in his peerless mind was love. He himself was the very manifestation of perfect, tender, patient, gentle love. And they bound him in the night like a criminal, caught red-handed in some dank, dirty alley. This is not what you're supposed to do with the Prince of Peace. Unanswered prayers. An angel who doesn't fight. A friend who betrays with a kiss and the arrest of the innocent one. What's going on? The world was like uncoiling. Chaos was calling the shots. Or as Jesus put it, this is your hour when darkness reigns. I can't explain this stuff. I can't make any sense out of it without making it meaningless. But I do know one thing. Somehow, Jesus was still in control. This was all still part of the plan. I know that doesn't seem true, but I know it was true. In the book of John, this troop of soldiers actually fell to the ground when Jesus announced himself. There were probably a few hundred trained, hardened troops there, and they all literally collapsed just at the words of one poor peasant, he was still in control. 
when his guys tried to defend him, Jesus called them off, saying he had to drink the cup the Father was giving him. He was still in control. He healed the ear that Peter cut off the servant of the high priest. He was in control. When it came down to the very moment, Jesus was poised and in control. It's not that it wasn't difficult or awful to face, but Jesus faced it on purpose because this is why he came. Sometimes your life feels like chaos. There are days when prayer doesn't work. Sometimes you look around and there is no justice. Sometimes friendship and love vanish into abandonment and betrayal. I can't explain why those things happen, and anyone who tries to explain them doesn't really help all that much. The only thing I do know is that sometimes life is going to feel like utter darkness. But Jesus is still in control. Somehow, we're still in his plan. Somehow, he's still poised and in command. For more, get yourself to a quiet place and read Luke 22, 39 through 53, and John 18, 1 through 14. What does it mean to your heart that Jesus is still in control even when it seems as though the world is coming undone? What does it mean to you to know that he has experienced chaos, injustice, and betrayal just like you have? Does it help to know that he understands? Tell him all about it.